Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. This week, it's for the ladies. This week, we're going to talk about something for mompreneurs. And by no means, if you're a guy, don't, don't, don't shut the station. Don't change the dial. Stay tuned because your wife might really benefit from this episode and you might find some great, great glimpses for yourself as well, as I did when we studied this subject. But we're going to talk about a... I guess I, we could call it controversial, Lizzie. A controversial Bible passage, which is called Proverbs 31. Yes. Um, if there is a Bible passage that has been abused, misused, <laughs> scrutinized, hated by some women, uh, it's Proverbs 31. And uh, we're going to delve into it from an angle that has never been done in a way for us. Uh, I kind of read it with new eyes this week. And found some really good gems, alongside Elizabeth, of course, uh, for moms, for mompreneurs, for women, for wives, that have to do with entrepreneurship. So, uh, well, let's dig in, Liz. Let you go right ahead. The floor is all yours. This is for the ladies. This is one for the ladies. And uh, we know it's going to bless uh, you gals out there, you mompreneurs, you kingdom mompreneurs out there, but also your husbands. So, let's go. Let's dig deeper. Exactly. So I decided that I really wanted to focus on this because there are so many different aspects of what a mompreneur should look like in um, the Christian realm as a kingdom entrepreneur woman. And Proverbs 31, this chapter has, I've heard so many different kind of angles through the years uh, in different denominations of churches and um and it's funny because now that we're entrepreneurs for a couple of years now, now that we reread this verse, we understand things in a different way. And we want to bring some of that to light so that you can be encouraged. And um, I also want to talk to you about different things that I struggled with as a mompreneur starting out um, in the very beginning of my journey when God was showing showing me what a an entrepreneurial mom looks like. So there's a lot of things that I learned f- from those seasons of different things that I tried, and I want to um, basically give you that those insights as well. So we're going to dive into uh, this chapter, and we're going to really dissect it so that we understand it properly, because this um, is really the standard that we are supposed to live up to as kingdom women, as mompreneurs. But, but before we dive in, Liz, could you comment on as you were growing up and in Bible school and in when you heard teachings about that, how it was taught? Uh, how yeah. was Proverbs 31 portrayed? How, what, what the image that came up in your mind as you were taught that growing up, what image came to your mind as this ideal woman that is described there? Yeah, so I was raised, as some of you know, in the church. So I was attending Sunday school. Um, I was dedicated consecrated to God in in my church we believed in that when I was a baby and then got baptized and I did you know basically the the traditions and everything that is taught in Pentecostal churches and then um, my parents they um, started embracing the Baptist religion and so I learned a lot of their their uh, theology as well and I went on to study one year at Bible College to get my diploma, uh, which gave me uh, a good doctrine, a good uh, sound understanding of a lot of things in, in Scripture. And I had a course in uh, that Bible uh, Bible school where they talked to, talked to us about Proverbs 31. And um, what, the, their, the, what this woman, this Christian woman is supposed to look like. And I always had this image, whether it was from church, even from the different churches I did afterwards, uh, I always had this image that she's this, you know, little lady that doesn't talk much, that her husband adores because, you know, she washes his feet and she, um, 
you know, takes care of her family. She gets up super early and does everything for her family that you can think of. Um, she stay at home mom. She's a stay at home mom. She's super wise with her money. The way they made it sound was that she was like taking her pennies and like cutting them in half and being like, you know, I have to make, you know, bread out of this and I have to sew these kids socks and, you know, make everything super, super functional because we don't have much. And I'm wise with my little bit of money and I'm wise with, you know, um, with the standards that I'm supposed to live up to. So it's kind of like a, a, an 1800s farming family, poor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, she's woman. close to God and she reads her Bible a lot. And she's, you know, this faithful woman that her husband looks at her and goes, wow, you know, she's amazing. And, you know, I couldn't live without her and she's just wonderful right because they talk about that that their family loves her and this and that so i always had this very baptisty um vision of what uh, she and was don't supposed be don't be like. offended if you're baptists i mean i was baptist uh, and yeah it's just the way we were taught <laughs> exactly and so not that anything's wrong with that i mean you know if you don't have much it's it's super smart to to do to be a good steward of your money but when we really dive deep and we learn and analyze the scripture, we understand that uh, God is asking for women to step up to the plate and be mompreneurs and have this wisdom about how they invest and use their money. And their that, time. That it's not just up to the man to do these things. Yes. And as we dive in this, I love the fact that she's so wise that her husband... Uh, admires her and he also uh, trusts in her ability to buy fields and to to use the money wisely right and the different things so we're going to read the the bible passage but, and so we're basically talk what, about it. so basically what you're saying is that we saw only half the picture yeah, so that, in churches, the godliness the, in churches, the devout yeah and churches that's starting to change a lot but it's still in certain religions very very strong that the man is basically the smarts and the woman she's there to you know fix the holes in people's you know pants and just be good with her hands mm. bake bread and Clean you know homeschool and yeah. that's pretty much it take care of your family and everything else is not really necessary right and and, and basically what you're saying is that that the way we're taught is everything that pertains or the way we were taught is everything that pertained to income had nothing to do with her. Exactly. It was more like saving money, saving a penny, making sure everyone was warm and, yeah. and well-fed and it pretty much stopped there. The picture, even in my mind, it was like, um, that's how I used to see it. And man, when do you really take the time to dig deep in Proverbs 31, how a mind shift that goes like, whoa the kingdom women need to hear this this is amazing and if you're one of these women out there who has been frustrated with proverbs 31 because perhaps you haven't read it in a long time or maybe it's one of those passages that might actually ruffle some feathers yeah for some, and some women, women... It, depending on how it's taught and if that's yeah. the case i think it's really really high time to revisit this passage with new eyes and that's what we're going to do today exactly because the, yeah it's been uh, twisted in different ways and uh, psychologically, I remember some pastors when I was growing up teaching it in a way that, you know, basically uh, she has no voice and uh, she's a slave to her husband and her kids. And yeah, and, and she, you know, her role is to do what she has to do physically to make sure they have everything. But her input and her insight and her intellectual her side wisdom. doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. And so. And, you know, maybe you've been fortunate not to go to a church that taught it this way. But um, I've been to many different churches, different denominations. And I, I remember that a lot of women got frustrated with this because they were just like, well, you know, I'm not I'm not made to just, you know, not have a voice and shut up about whatever. I feel like I have more to offer than just household tasks, which, by the way, a lot were done by servants in those days as also well, right? which is pointed out in the passage also so i'm just going to comment as uh, elizabeth reads through proverbs 31 it starts with chapter uh, verse 10 
So uh, when I'm going to tell her like to stop if I want to add something in, or if she wants to add something, that's good too. So we're just going to go through the, the passage. It starts at verse 10. Liz? Yes, and I just want to add before I read, um, I know that for some women, this can also be uh, intimidating. A lot of Christian women are intimidated by entrepreneurial women and mompreneurs, and some of them are actually opening their eyes to this Uh, basically new movement that's happening in the last years uh, where women are starting to, to see, Christian women are starting to see how they can have a bigger uh, role as entrepreneurial women and bless their families in the process. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to add that. So uh, Proverbs 31 verse 10 reads, A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Stop there. It, it opens great. Don't already? You find, yeah, already. <laughs> like, noble. It's like already commenting. No, but noble. The word noble character. Nobles, all throughout history, were people of standing. Right. And then he, then uh, uh, it, it adds, she is worth far more than? Rubies. Rubies. So in other words, and see, we, we, we used to see this as more of a, when you read it with, if I compare how I used to read that and how I read it today, Rubies are worth what? They're worth money, right? They're worth money. It's actually one of the, the most the expensive jewel. The costliest stones yeah. that you can find. So this woman is worth what? She's worth far more than rubies. So if you had a handful of rubies or this wife, you know that you're going to be better off financially with this wife. So it opens up talking indirectly about finances. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. So again, verse 11, he lacks, the husband lacks nothing of value. It doesn't mention here that that that's because he's working hard or making a killing in business or whatever. It mentions it's basically all around her. So he lacks nothing of value. So again, we see here, Uh, something that pertains to material goods and mm-hmm. having more than enough to get by. Exactly. And she, and I like the part that it says he has full confidence in her. Also. And we know that back in the day, right, how women were... Um, Second-rate citizens. Yeah, they weren't as empowered and basically had no rights. And we know all the, the basic history of yeah. how women were uh, seen and weren't uplifted and it says that he has full confidence in her which means in her abilities and he completely trusts her to do what it is she's supposed to do Amen which to is that. huge back in the day yeah right yeah so she brings him good not harm all the days of her life she selects wool flax and works with eager hands interesting here again Uh, the way I used to, to read this verse was like she selects wool and works with your hands. I saw this as her selecting wool and then knitting. Yeah. But these seem to be separate when you read them. She selects wool. So that, that implies, okay, she's out there buying that special kind of wool. Mm-hmm. And then it says she works with eager hands, but she could be doing anything else with eager hands. Then, because it doesn't, it they, yeah. the, both are not also wool and flax. Flax. Or, yeah, it doesn't say she's making a certain coat or something out of wool. It, exactly, coat. it doesn't go that far. So, what does that mean? We could also understand it as she also does work with eager hands, which means she's not, you know, doing nothing all day. She's she's either working, yeah. um, you know, by selecting wool and flax and um, administrating all that and taking care of that kind of work or she's either working with her hands doing things that need to be done eager right? hands exactly she's not lazy she, yeah. she's got these busy hands yeah yeah she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar which implies here's very interesting because this implies she's not the typical stay-at-home mom she's a busy mom she goes out And brings provision back mm-hmm. from afar. So what did that imply? Well, we don't know. Like it's not Buying specified. Good things, but yeah. but it, it, it wasn't close by probably. And she, she was out getting that good stuff and bringing it back to the house. Exactly. Which means, you know, like I know that a lot of people portray an image that, you know, the, the stay-at-home mom, the Christian mom has to be growing a garden and homeschooling and doing all these things that it's, 
you know, and nothing pre- wrong with prerequisite that. to being godly, to being a Christian yeah. woman, and it not That's it's not necessarily way. okay. Exactly, it's one way. It's one way exactly. It's not it's not better. It's one way that they exactly. choose to do it. Yeah. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Boy, that, now that's interesting. A so yeah. she wakes up before everybody's awake because obviously she wants to get stuff done in advance so that she maximizes her day. Exactly. So she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. So she has servant girls that are taking care of her house. Which is interesting because not everybody had servant girls back in the day. No. So that means, uh, again, we, we it opens up with a wife of noble character who can find. She was far worth for more than rubies. So we see there that, okay, all this hard work that she does brings in a lot of income and it makes them very comfortable and able to hire people Serving girls in her case. So she she wakes up while it's still dark. In other words, she has a priority first thing in the morning. You know, to that, tend to her family. To tend to her family first and foremost. And I like that. I love it. That's her priority. It's like, I'm going to take care of, my, of the home front first, early in the morning. Why? Because I want to be productive throughout the day. So this is basically the ancestor of Miracle Mornings. Everyone heard about that book, Miracle Mornings? Well, Miracle Mornings is teaching people to, um, you know, get up at focus. five and be productive. <laughs> yeah, but it's also talking about personal development and doing these things way earlier so that they maximize their day and start uh, kicking the, the round running, right? Um, the way I understand this verse is mostly um, making sure that her family lacks nothing. So she knows what her family needs and she's extremely organized because she starts with the tasks that she knows she has to do to make sure that even her servant girls don't even have to find food and and everybody's taken care of food so everybody's taken care of so that's a high priority and you know when when women talk to me about you know uh, being an entrepreneur and doing this and Liz, how do you have time to do this and have time to do that and whatnot? I am extremely, extremely organized. When I think of my kids and they're going to come home for, from school, I know exactly what I'm going to do with them. I know exactly it's homework time. I know exactly what is going to work, what's not going to work. I always have a snack prepared. That's just a, a simple example. And, you know, it's like feed the brain and let's get on with the homework and then my supper oftentimes is prepared way in advance. It's something like I can just put in the oven or it's already been in the stove. They come home and I don't even have to touch it. It's just going to cook till supper. Like you have to, as a mompreneur, you have to be extremely organized if you don't want your family to lack and be like, well, I have to order takeout again, like pizza yeah. again yeah. or oh, McDonald's or, you know, like that's just the food aspect but there's a lot of things there's a lot of chores there's a lot of things that need to be to get done and if you're not in the financial position where you can have somebody coming in and you know cleaning your dirty laundry and you know doing chores then you're gonna have to do these things Mm -hmm. to make sure that your family doesn't suffer and i've seen so many uh christian women kind of slack off on these things and say, you know what, I'm doing this business and I'm doing this and that. And it down the road, it's for their good. So I'm going to slack off on everything that they really need. Yeah. And they can just like, you know, um, pick up and, and do what they have to do and kind of deal with it because I'm going to bring home the bacon and yeah. I'm going to make money. And down the road, they're going to enjoy, you know, going to trips paid by the company and whatnot. So, you know, there's a balance and you have to have wisdom because as you can see, as we continue reading, this woman is extremely busy. She's not, you know, she's doing things for her family. She's working with her hands, but she's also wise about her time Mm. and she's organized to make sure that her family is blessed, you know, not cursed because she's an entrepreneur Amen. Yeah. not like oh you know mom's gone again or i'm not going to see mom again or you know um and and we're not busy, judging because we know how subtle it can be yeah. that falling into that trap 
and, and the world does a good job of making you feel guilty yeah. if you don't work 60 hours a, a week on your business, if not 80, yeah. all for the good of your family in exactly. five years from now. Yeah, right? exactly. But, and, and in the meantime, well, your, your family doesn't But that's doesn't not real life. And that doesn't anymore. last. And people end up in burnouts. And next thing you know, they're divorced and their families hate them. And it, it just, you know, it spirals out of control. And God doesn't want that for us, right? He mm. wants us to be wise like the Proverbs woman, organized and and use our, our heads, not just our hands, and right? And notice, notice the order of things. Look, so verse 15 tells us she gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. That's verse 15. Verse 16. So that kind of describes the order or, or um, priority of her day. And you know, another thing I'm going to say about the servant girls is that it's mentioned because it's important. There's a lot of women out there that feel guilty if they do make some income to actually get some help because it's like there's this bad image mm. that she has to do everything and be the end-all be-all in her family and grow a garden and you yeah. know be the perfect soccer mom, bake cupcakes and run the business and do the laundry and do all these things and then they wonder exactly. why she's got like you know, purple bags under her eyes and she's resenting her family and she just gives up at one point, mm. you know? Good point, yeah. Good point about the servant girl, which is basically Or get sick. I've seen a lot of entrepreneur women get very, very sick. Also. They burn out. And if you love your wife, you don't want that to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. And if you love yourself, a mompreneur that's listening to this, I hope that you're going to have this wisdom to be able to use your money wisely to what they say like maximize your time or uh, you know quality time with your family is more important than actually doing your laundry in the sense that if you do have the money to get oh, yeah. cleaning done why the heck would you not use that it's an money investment at that point so that you're not as tired and your family you know gets what they need and you have quality time to spend doing fun you know quality things with them by all means like there's no pride in cleaning your underwear like you know what but, but, <laughs> i don't understand but, why some women feel so bad and you know even <laughs> it makes me laugh because i was listening to interviews at one point of of uh, artists that are um, musicians and some of them are Christians and stuff. And they're so like shy to say that they actually have help. And some of them pride to say, oh no, we do everything by ourselves because yeah, like, you know, this is like, even if we're making lots of money, like we think it's really important for, you know, our families to see us like cleaning toilets in our house and whatnot. Like, I'm sorry, I think it's super, super important to teach your kids how to do chores. Absolutely. I have done them all my life. I started doing chores. I was like eight years old and broke many dishes in the process. <laughs> and I learned, I was really not an idiot. When I was 18, I basically could pretty much run a, ho run a household, household on my own. Yeah. And that's because my mom was very sick and I had to learn very, very young how to do things. So I'm all for teaching your kids young how to do certain things and be autonomous so that when they do leave the house at 18 they know what to do right and and that, what i was going to say before all this this is amazing how, how much content you have on this but uh so what i was going to say is like the priority is definitely her family first yeah so she gets up early for that she takes care of that first and then the next verse verse 16 she, she considers, considers a, a field, field and, and buys, buys it. it hello I mean, if that is not entrepreneurial, I don't know what is. This is this is uh, yeah. not real estate, but uh, land development. It's <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, and well, in this case, it is uh, important real estate because out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. A vineyard. So she's she's growing a vineyard because she wants to have wine otherwise why would you grow grapes that can produce wine right yeah well, well also grapes were, were, were just eaten for, for for the sake of grapes but still vineyard. she plants a vineyard yeah and and see this is something we uh back in the back in the day when we'd read that we kind of read over that like she considers the fields and buys it. probably her husband gave her permission to get out that day and go buy the fields that, that's how i used to read it right no he trusts her fully so that's her earnings, what she earned. She's getting out with that money. 
and goes consider the great deal she can have with uh, buying a field and then planting a vineyard in it. Yeah, and exactly. So you're seeing how she's investing. Exactly. Because she's not only buying a field just to own it for the purpose of nothing. She plants a vineyard, which is going to produce fruit to either sell or produce wine, which will give her income. Even more income. So she's wise in her money of how she invests in it, which is comparable to a lot of things today. But real estate, some people like to buy houses and... Or land and resell it at a better price. Yeah. Yeah. Finding good deals, you know. Uh, She's... Yeah. Yeah. So you want to read the... Yeah. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. So again, we see she's not lazy. She's vigorous and she's not afraid of physical labor. Uh, and doing all of that, she, she doesn't shy away from using her, from working physically. Exactly. So she does apply herself physically. This is what we're understanding because she is strong. Mm-hmm. Her arms are strong. It's specified. So she's smart with her brain, but also knows how to work her body to do what she has to do. Doesn't shy away from what's uh, hard physically. And then verse 18. Oh boy, this is so good. She sees that her and the word used here in the NIV is trading. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. Uh, there's a verse in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, that talks about doing uh, your job in the day and in the night not being lazy, still, still do, doing some other thing that will be profitable for you. So this is her in action right here. So she sees, so she witnesses that her trading is actually doing like it's working. It's profitable, so she's making profits. And her lamb does not go out at night. So in other words, although she got up at 4 or 5 in the morning to get everything ready for her family and then went out during the day and did all that work, in the evening, she doesn't sit in front of the TV. Although they didn't have a TV back then. (laughs) She doesn't just sit and do nothing. She is still doing work that is profitable in the evening. So her lamb does not go out at night. So she's busy. Yeah, so she's looking over all her um, investments. So what she did, what she bought, what she traded for. um, She's continuing to put all that into place before she goes to bed. And the word trading here like implies... uh, I was reading a book this week that was talking about that from the perspective of the parable of the talents. uh, How the, the owner... In the beginning of the parable, you know, he, he gives each according to his ability and he expects them to go trading. And, and the, in the book, it was explaining how trading is one of the oldest professions yeah. in the Bible. Uh, so it, it was something that was commonly done and still to this day is, is done. There's a lot of, of traders who are very, very wealthy out there. So she's a trader, not a traitor, but a trader, D-E-R. And, and so she is a skilled trader from the context of this, um, this passage. Yeah, and a- another thing I want to add to this, you know, when you say her lamb does not go out at night, um, a woman that's entrepreneurial like this, that does trading, and she's smart with her hands and her money, and she's looking over her, her um, whatever she, she traded or the, the, the goods that she got and whatnot, I think that when they say that her lamp does not go out at night is that she's also preparing things for the next day because if you want to be if you really want to maximize your days you have to basically know exactly what you're gonna do when you wake up so there's a lot of things that we can do as entrepreneurs uh, as women you know during the day when our kids are at school but oftentimes there's also a period at night where you can be very efficient and get your things organized, which are things that you can't always do because your kids, you know, either demand too much of you or you have to cook or you have to do this or you have to do that. That that time for me, I found was very crucial to get organized and say, OK, I'm starting with this. I'm doing that tomorrow. Uh, the kids need that. Da, 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 da. So I'm going to prepare this tonight to save time tomorrow. So there's organization there. And I know that for some women uh, that tend to be a bit lazy, this is a problem because they just want to watch TV and veg at night. But if that's your mindset, unfortunately, you won't get much done the next day. Mm -hmm. Because those, you know, even if it's just one hour that you take in that evening to get your stuff organized, 
you will be way more productive the next day and your kids will miss less of whatever it is they need if you're more organized. So that's why it's very important to plan out your day. Look at your day in advance, look at your week in advance and especially the night before, I always look at the next day um, to see where I'm at with different projects, different things I want to do because I did notice that if I just go, oh, I'm going to look at my agenda in the morning, I'm not going to be as productive as if um, I've planned it out the night before to know exactly where I'm going to start and, you know, looking at my day, I know, okay, you know, the kids need this, the kids need that, I need to do that in advance because I won't have enough time tomorrow, this and that. And when I do those things, my day is super maximized, super uh, profitable and it it actually goes somewhere I actually get something done and have more a sense of accomplishment near the end of uh, of the week so you know you might have those days where you just feel like doing nothing like for me it's Friday night I just cut myself some slack and say you know I'm not doing anything and Saturday night as well but you know Sunday Sunday night I'm back to it for me that's my first day of, of the week and I, I start planning and I start uh, you know, doing things to make sure that everybody has everything they need and everything is ready to go Sunday night so that Monday we're not like, oh, you know, like, where are we going? What's happening? Lunches aren't made, blah, 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 you know? And then the next verse, it says, uh, in her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. So what we see here is, is, is she's not afraid to get hurt by doing stuff. Uh, she is brave. She basically, basically that's like saying uh, she's, she grabs the bull by the horns and gets it done, right? And verse 20, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Very key verse here. There is no prosperity without generosity. Mm -hmm. And this woman has a generous and giving spirit. She thinks of the needy. Uh, when she, she, she reaps a profit, she thinks of those who don't have much and she keeps some aside for them. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Extending your hand is a way of saying she gives. When right. we give, we extend our hand, we open it up and you know the other person can take what's in the hand. Exactly, because unfortunately there are some women, there are some people that just, you know, won't go down this road and, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes it's their circumstances, they're very uh, unfortunate, poor and needy and God does call us to help those people and to be generous and to give, you know, whether it is to give to the body of Christ, to give to other Christians that are more need, in more need than you are, or to organizations, it's super important. Or it's, just poor people in your community. Yeah. yeah. Soup and, kitchens and stuff like that. And a lot of people think that they have to be super rich to start making an impact and give a lot. And honestly, sometimes it could just be, you know, some clothes that your kids don't need anymore that you spot a lady that, you know, maybe her son goes to the same school as as you and they both would wear the same size and you can see that that kid doesn't have you know what he needs you could offer to give your your hand-me-downs and a lot of women will say yes to it i've done it many times and speaking of clothes i love verse 21 because why well first of all we're canadian so we get this verse <laughs> when it snows she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Now, this is an, another powerful verse that, you know, back back at the time, I was like, okay, so she, so she makes sure that they all have clothes on their back. No, 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 no. Clothed in scarlet. Scarlet is the color of kings, okay? It's a color of royalty. It's a color of opulence. Mm -hmm. So this verse, if we were to paraphrase it, in a Canadian or maybe a Minnesota way, because it's called in Minnesota as well. So if we were to paraphrase it for today's people, it'd be like something like, and when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed with North Face coats. <laughs> in other words, North Face, I don't know if you guys know this company, because maybe you live in the South and there's no need for that, but North Face, the North Face, they make amazing winter coats probably the highest quality. quality that you can find out there mm -hmm. that in canuck uh, also uh, in canada is another good brand so the scarlet thing here means not just that 
it, it's it that they're clothed, but they are very, very well clothed. Yeah, so it says she has no fear, right? No fear. So she's not worried that they're going to get cold and get sicknesses and, you know, it's going to be a problem. So she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Again, we see colors here. Like herself, the way she is adorned. See, I used to read the Proverbs 31 woman and saw her like, she's so humble. She must wear rags, you know? And, and for some reason, it's like I was blinded to seeing how she was clothed herself. Because we tend to think, because this woman is not overly uh, preoccupied with her appearance, she's not overly preoccupied with it, but that doesn't mean she wants to dress in rags. Yeah, because they focus on, she makes coverings for her bed, so she's working again with her hands. Yeah, but see, we, <laughs> we forget the other part that says that she herself is clothed in fine linen and purple. So... Uh, again, and when we see, you know, even today, to this day, when we see people finally clothed, automatically we esteem them. We think, oh, that's a person who makes money. That's a person who's somebody. That person's somebody. Look at how they're dressed. So there's nothing wrong with that. But what I like about the context of the passage, as we will see uh, as, as we advance and keep advancing, this woman, it's not her priority. To, appearances are not her priority. Mm -hmm. But her soul, her heart, her tongue... And, and taking care of her family, taking care of business, making sure everything rolls perfect. But you know what I like here is that she finds the importance to make coverings for her bed. So she sees the value in making her own quality bedding. Yeah. And yet it doesn't say, you know, that she's like she's clothed in fine linen and purple. So she obviously thinks that it's okay for her to wear nice things as well. Exactly. Whether she made it or not. It's interesting that they put both of those things in that to, phrase. Because they're kind of like, in a way, opposites, right? Because usually women who are trying to save money would make their own coverings for their beds. And they would make, they would, you know, some people have made like dresses out of draperies, you know? Yeah, exactly. But And, and yet she, they show like, okay, she, she's frugal in some things. So she makes coverings for her bed. She, make, she makes them herself. Mm -hmm. And yet... She is clothed in fine linen and purple. So she's frugal in some things, but in other things, she's just like, you know what? Uh, no, no, I, I'm somebody. I deserve this, and it's okay. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Uh, again, see, we see how all of that hard work and wisdom and entrepreneurial spirit on the part of the wife reflects so well on the husband you know how they say behind every great man there's a woman well it, it there's should, a great woman i should say there is a great woman but they say there's a woman right uh, and it's not just any woman who can make a man great like that i think it's really like what what's great about this uh, passage is how she herself is so great that's why he is seen as someone extremely respectable so i think that's really important to to mention that, you know, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the, of the land. You know, a lot of women don't see how important their role is when your husband has everything he needs. And some women think it's just physical, you know, or that it's just, you know, food, shelter, clothing, mm -hmm. the necessities. But there's a lot implicated in that for a man to to become that stature, you know, and to be respectable. That means that, you know, he he thinks like he has a lot of wisdom and he's being cared for. So, you know, in marriage, there's many different aspects and you have to see how, you know, it's not just about neglecting if I you cleaned his underwear. It's about everything else in the spiritual form and in, in the intellectual form. I've seen a lot of couples not come together because they're not able to work together in the sense that their goals are so completely different and they're not able to connect because what they're doing is so completely different. Mm -hmm. So that can happen, you know, if you're married to another entrepreneur, if you're both entrepreneurial and you both have your own thing. Um, and that can also happen if, you know, you have this mentality where you're just this Christian mom that has to stay home and and just take care of her family and do nothing else and he's got the entrepreneurial spirit then that's gonna that can you know have an effect on your couple as well because you just don't meet intellectually you don't meet in that way and this is what i like about as we continue to read is that 
you know, he respects her intellectual um, sense of, of, you know, how she invests her money and how she's noble and he trusts her and yeah. all. But he's also a, a man of stature and he's also respectable. Mm -hmm. So they work hand in hand and they're actually a very strong couple that knows their different roles but comes together in a, in a good way, you know. So I think it's important to, to keep that in mind as well. And it says that she makes linen garments and sells them. Hello. And supplies the merchants with sashes. So, again, entrepreneurial spirit. Hello. I mean, she makes linen garments and sells them. So that's basically she's running a, a linen, linen garment business. Mm -hmm. You know? So And so far we've seen, and I find that fascinating because... Uh, Someone once said that if you're going to be wealthy, you need five streams of income in your life. Five different streams of income. And this woman, I don't know, we didn't count them yet, but they, we, we uh, underlined many different streams of income. Right. She, she does real estate. Uh, she selects wool and flax. Uh, she's growing a vineyard. She's growing a vineyard. So that's another stream of income. Uh, anyway, we didn't like... She's saving her money by making her bed. She's frugal. And yeah, also doing different some things, things that save money. Uh, so there's there's great, great wisdom in Proverbs 31 when it speaks about this, uh, this ideal uh, woman. And you know, if she's making her own linen garments and it says she sells them, she's making money that way, but and supplies the merchants with sashes, that means that she's doing, you know, producing quite a bit yeah, to be and, able and to supply the merchants with sashes. And what is a, what is a sash anyway? It's a, a, um, like a piece of garment that's not uh, finished. It's like... Um, like um so that's interesting so is that a um how do they it's like um a square let's say a, a big square of a, a material but how do they call it is it is it um not upselling but uh you know when you, you you're make deals you're yeah supplier. you're a supplier and and so that's that another means, interesting that means you have so you have so much linen that basically you can make refined uh, garments and sell them to ladies that have money right mm -hmm. that want because in back in those days the hand skills were important yeah and if you made nice garments the ladies that had more money would go to see those la uh, the the ladies from the the towns to get you know either someone to make it for them and they buy the sashes yeah right and they would say you're gonna make this for me and i want this and this and this or they could, like in this case, she's made the dress and she says, I'm making this beautiful thing. Here's, this is for sale. But I have so much of this linen as well. I'm going to also... Supply merchants. I'm going to supply merchants. Give them a good price. And... So that they can sell to other people. Wow. And those that want to make their own dresses can make their own dresses. So do you see? So she's using her business in both ways with her hands to make quality goods and... Uh, you know, supplying. This is so merchants. good. And and uh, in verse twenty five, I, I, I like the play on words they made because they're talking about garments and and sashes. And then verse twenty five, she is clothed with strength and dignity. And I love that last part. She can laugh at the days to come. Uh, other renditions say she laughs at the future. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That basically means that. She has such a strong trust in not only her own ability, but in God, obviously, from the context of the whole passage, that she has no fear of the future. She is fearless. And we've spoken many, many times at Thriving on Purpose on how fear is, handicaps us, it's yeah. crippling, and it's such a, a thing that, that is to be, that we need to get rid of as entrepreneurs. Yeah, and so there's the, the spiritual aspect of she knows that God's going to provide for her needs. And, you know, God has created in every human being the power of creating their own wealth. So she has found, she's tapped into that. She has. And and she's figured out a way to benefit her family with the, the wealth of her hands and what she's producing and her smarts and all that to be able to use it wisely so that money comes and she's not worried about eating tomorrow. She's not worried about freezing or not having what she needs. So there's a spiritual and physical aspect of that. So she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So again, we see how this woman, she's not only a doer, but she's also very deep. 
She's got this connection with God, obviously, because you can't speak wisdom and have faithful instruction with your tongue unless you are. And so she has that. She has that connection with God. She's faithful. She's devout. And she loves the Lord. And she fears the Lord as well. Exactly. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So again, that's kind of like a repeat of what we've seen so far. She's ex she's a hard worker, extremely hard worker. She takes care of her house. And I, I love that she watches uh, after the affair over the affairs of her household. Uh, I think it was the first penny in America when they issued, they started issuing their own money in America. The first penny, and I'd have to look it up historically. So don't don't take my word for this, but I think I saw this. The the Instead of saying, in God we trust, it said, mind your business. Yeah, we looked it up. Long mind ago. your business. That's what it said on the first penny. Uh, and I think it was... Um, and it doesn't mean like... Benjamin Franklin who, yeah, it who, who means found it. Mind your business. No, no. Yeah, exactly. It means like, <laughs> <laughs> be preoccupied with your, what business. your business, what you're doing. Yeah. And that's what she does. That's what this woman does. It doesn't she mean bug off. No, it doesn't mean bug off. So like today, we it, it means more, you know, <laughs> don't bother me. But back in the Here's day... Here's money, don't bother me. Yeah, no way, son, you bother me. <laughs> but back in the day, it meant, uh, you know, look at the, after your own affairs and yeah. make them fruitful. Yeah. And that's what she does. She watches over the affairs of her household. But you know, I like this because there's two things that are very important to, to underline here. You know, a lot of entrepreneurial women are kind of clueless about what happens in their own home because they're so busy working outside of the home, oh, good point. running around, going on planes, doing all kinds of th different things. And it's very important to understand that there's a time for these things. Um, if, you're, if you have young children or kids that need upbringing at a specific, you know, whether they're young, like kids or adolescents, you need to know what's going on in your household. You yeah. need to know, um, you know, how is, you know, I don't know, your husband disciplining your children. What happened? What happened in school? Is there anything, you know, that you need to, because you have to remember that the Proverbs woman is wise. She's also going to instruct, right? Mm -hmm. She has faithful instruction on her tongue, which is the verse before. So what that's used for something. She's not instructing the cattle in the field. She's instructing her own family. Exactly. Her her own her children. Her, her own children. Yeah. So so she's aware of what's going on in her household. And I find that that's the one of the biggest traps that destroys the families today is that some women that have that are mompreneurs you know, sometimes will care more for their team that they're trying to help build a business or then they do their own household. Yeah, or yeah. you know, we've seen that. Yeah, or they're just disconnected. And I think it's not, you know, I'm not casting any stones. I think that a lot of women just feel like they have to be there for yeah. their teammates. And if they don't, then their business is going to crumble. And, you know, well, that's a scarcity mentality. That's, that's coming from a bad place thinking like that. Yeah, but I've seen it and yeah. it, it happens. And, a lot of women think, you know, if they, they're not like hovering over their business and making sure everything's happening and they're, they're watching over their employees and making sure that, you know, instead of trusting more their employees and putting systems into place so that they don't have to be that much implicated, they want to hover and control everything. Well, oftentimes what happens is if you put too much energy there, you have less energy in your home and then you kind of slack off and say, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't have to be there for this. Uh, and you know, and you, you kind of lose touch and, and you don't stay as well connected with those relationships that are really, really important in your family. And that's crucial because you, um, I've heard many Christian men, businessmen say, that to be successful, the household has to run really well before you can be successful in your business. So the wheels have to turn properly in your household and watch over the affairs, make sure that everything's going uh, going properly, emotionally, and all those things, that you're there for their needs uh, and not just physically so that uh, you don't have problems that you never saw coming. Right? Yeah, and I love how, how the whole uh, thing comes down and, and ends to show us how everything that she's been doing, we've seen how, how this woman is very busy on so many fronts. And here's how it closes. It's really amazing. It says, her children arise 
and call her blessed. Mm-hmm. Her husband also, and he praises her. So see how the, the praise comes first and foremost from her household, yeah. her husband, her children. And then they say, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And again, we see how that woman's priority is fearing the Lord. If, as someone has once said that, if you fear God, you won't have anything else to fear. Mm-hmm. This woman has understood that, she applies it, and as a result, Everything she does is fruitful and her husband and children are the first people to benefit from and to to praise her for it. But I love how the text of verse 31 ends. And here's I'm going to make a point and you're going to love it. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works, plural, bring her praise where? At the city gate. So now we're coming full circle. Here's Here's what's interesting. Because it says that her husband, in verse 23, her husband is respected where? At the city gate. At the city gate. And now at the end, what do we see? We see that her works bring her what? Praise where? Also at the city gate. So she's on equal footing. At the end, we see that she gets the same respect and value as her own husband because of everything that she does with such... Like amazing results, basically. Mm -hmm. So this passage is so amazing. It shows us a woman in in such a different light than, and and dare I say it, the way we've been taught religiously how, you know, the woman should stay at home and bake bread and and do her prayers and, 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 and all these things are fine. But if that's the only thing you do and you neglect the rest... The you're not, you're part, not maximizing. You're not God, maximizing who you are, exactly. Exactly, and what God's given you to work with because you do have the power to create wealth. God gave you a brain and he gave you a different, you know, things that you're supposed to use that brain for. Amen. And so we can see, you know, if he's praising her and her children are calling her blessed, we're talking about she's surpassing their needs, right? Because you don't necessarily yeah. praise somebody. Like I know for my kids, if they're praising me about something, it's because I surpassed their expectations. It's true. They're like, oh my gosh, mom, you did this? Like, yeah. wow. You, you know? cooked this or you did that? Wow. Like, yeah, we're because you're, you're beyond, you're looking beyond the basic needs and you're saying, you know, I'm going to, provide this and this and this because I know it's going to be pleasing to you and and you know you're going to be blessed by it and so she's using her intellect her hands and her investments and all that in return to really you know over deliver and bless her household for first like foremost, first and foremost right yeah. and also everybody you know they, they benefit by that wheel that's going around and, and people around. aren't blind and that's why she's so respected at the city gates yeah. afterwards because people aren't blind they see that this is not just the husband's doing mm-hmm. he's barely mentioned the whole passage they see this woman they see what she, like she, so she's, she's praised for many at the city gate as well so she's a sta- an upstanding citizen in her community as well. So th- this is amazing for the time when it was the epoch when it was written, like you were mentioned earlier, yeah. in a day when women didn't have the opportunities that they have today, for a woman to be praised like that. And you know what's sad is that a lot of entrepreneur women now more and more are valued and and praised, and that's a good thing. But a lot of them, when you ask questions about their household, about what's really going on behind doors of their you know marriages and their children and all that a lot of them unfortunately have you know either very bad relationships with their children their children feel like they're neglected their parents are always on their phone always too busy for them or they have a crumbling marriage because she's just not there present for his needs and they don't connect because she just doesn't have time for their needs Mm -hmm. his needs and and the kids needs so it's important not to get into this trap where, uh, you know, you get sucked into doing so much either for other people or for your business or whatever it requires that you forget your family and their needs first and foremost. And also understanding that there's different 
there's different times in your life where you know you won't be able to go as fast as the other person that doesn't have kids yeah. and you have to accept that and you have to say you know what it's just for a season yeah. they're growing up right now they need me for this and that and that and i'm going to be there for them and even if it means i'm going to be a, a little less uh you know out in the spotlight or uh, noticeable doing a certain thing like i know that i can do because see, the woman that's a mompreneur has an entrepreneurial spirit, knows she can go a lot farther. Oh yeah. But if you go to that much farther, will you regret the fact that you're gonna let important things crumble in the process? And that's that's what you have to understand is that yes, you can go and get, you know, the trips and you can get this and you can get that and have all this glory from your company, but is there going to be a family there yeah. to actually support you and actually want to go on the trip? So, so what you're or are you saying all is, be there and be totally disconnected. So what you're saying is basically work at getting the praise of your husband and kids first, and the rest will come uh, in time as you you know make time for the rest. Basically, I think it's important to to there is a time for everything and quality time with your family and saying no to certain things, just as the opposite. You know, like some. Women think it's super important to, you know, bake cupcakes on birthdays and go bring them to the school and be there for soccer practice and do this and do that. And they're so busy in, you know, on all these activities that are pertaining to their kids and they're not making any money whatsoever. And their kids, you know, have to get secondhand this and secondhand that and they don't have money for lunches and this yeah. and that. And they're not doing well financially. They're in the hole, always boring on credit where you know if she did focus on different things that you know could could help financially mm -hmm. and do a little less of what doesn't really matter mm -hmm. in reality yeah because we there we could be a better well, balance we live in a world where they, they they over it's one or the other it's either you know the soccer moms and the cupcake moms i call them that are are super like you know in their bubble of we're gonna live only for our kids and do yeah. only stuff for our kids and That's we found healthy. our we found our value only in this and yeah. and we are the best mom because we made this birthday cake by ourselves from scratch following videos on YouTube and our kids are super super happy. Okay, I'm not saying it's a bad thing if you can you know find the time to do that, but if your focus is only on these things and not on you know, trying to find solutions for financial prosperity if you're in debt and your your husband's like losing his mind because he can't pay his bills. Well, yeah, it's not gonna. You know, it's not a good balance. Yeah, Do you see what I'm saying. And, so, and there's a there's a book Kevin Lehman, uh, psycho Christian psychologist Kevin Lehman wrote. It was about that. He was basically making a case for for parents who overindulge their kids in too many activities that they don't really want or need. Yeah. Uh, because they feel like it, they have to keep up with the Joneses. Because that's what they do. When they reach a certain status, yeah. financially, entrepreneurs Piano lessons, soccer, this, they, that. They feel yeah. guilty for not being as present. So oftentimes, they'll get them enrolled in a bunch of things. Then they're running from one place to another. And the kid, all she wants or he wants just is quality time <laughs> yeah. to talk about their needs and what they, they are going through in and school. And Kevin Lehman made a good case in that yeah. book. And I forget the title, but we'll put it in the resources because I think it's a good book for, for the subject we're talking about and ironically i just remembered yeah we're, we're doing this whole show on on proverbs 31 mompreneur on mother's day so it's very appropriate and uh well we really hope this show has added value to you because us rereading it with and it's you kind of take it for, for granted huh? those popular bible passages that we kind of know by heart or, or whatnot we kind of take them for granted and we don't maybe reread them as often as we should Mm -hmm. But uh, after our entrepreneurial journey and everything we've learned, rereading it now with these eyes, you're like, okay, this is not your typical uh, bread baking, stay at home mom who, who just stays at home and does, you know, and food you know, we, or cooks. we give these examples. We're not like, against, and we're not dissing we're it. Not I mean, there's some women. great moms <laughs> who did that, who raised a great generation of people because they did that. Yeah. And, we and just want you to see different times. the different, yeah, the different picture of certain things, elements that are important, especially in, in the years that we are living in that are very, very busy. Entrepreneurial moms have a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of businesses putting a lot of pressures. They teach women entrepreneurs as if they were a man that had no kids 
And it just isn't realistic for a kingdom woman entrepreneur. Yeah, and I think there's another point that we need to reemphasize before we close this podcast. Uh, we've been making a, a big case about um, how uh, how you know in trying to encourage moms who who haven't been enough entrepreneurial, or or also saying to moms who have been uh, entrepreneurial uh, uh, overly because they were neglecting their families. But I think like it's all about balance, right? right? I mean, the, the, this woman is perfectly balanced. Uh, that's why she, they call the epitomize. She epitomizes in the Bible the perfect wife, right? A perfect mom and perfect woman. But uh, balance is everything. I think uh, being overly, um, especially because you, if you're listening to us, you're you're entrepreneurial, right? So, so don't feel guilty for being entrepreneurial, because the way we've been taught in religion is. If you're going to be a good mom and a good wife, you're going to be stay at home. And it's been it's been trending. I mean, many women have been working out of the house now because they saw that one salary usually wasn't enough. And so, but for some women, it's still been something that's been tugging at their heartstrings. They've still been feeling that guilt over, like, let's say, oh, well, my mom raised me; she was at home. And now me, I have no choice but to work outside the home or to be an entrepreneur or to do that. And they feel like they're neglecting their family. Well, you shouldn't have that guilt because look at Proverbs 31 woman, the way we looked at it today. This woman was entrepreneurial in a day when, you know, most women were fine just being yeah. at home and, and letting their husbands do the, all of the, the, the income. Unless your husband is making a very good salary, the truth is that living the way our parents used to live where the the husband was a sole provider is pretty much gone yeah these days um, are over yeah th those days are over unless he has a good business and he's thriving financially it's not the the norm right mm -hmm. so a lot of women are found in the situation where they have to bring extra income so as we end this podcast i really want you to i really want to encourage you to see how um you know, the Proverbs uh, 31 woman had a lot of wisdom in the way she, um, you know, did her business around the schedule of her family, that she didn't leave those priorities. That's the, the main focus, to, to be well-grounded and balanced and to cultivate, to, to uh, you know, nurture what is super important because that's your heritage. You know, your children growing up being the men and women that love Christ and that are doing wonderful things and probably, you know, ca catch the entrepreneurial side of you and are going to do other great things for, for God or for their families um, is a, a really beautiful blessing, right? So it's important to use wisdom into the projects that you're going to do and to not feel guilty if you can't do it all you know a lot of entrepreneurial women feel like they have to b bake those cupcakes and they have to do this and they have to do that and so they have to be this perfect mom that you know does everything a stay-at-home mom would do that's not entrepreneurial and be entrepreneurial mm. so you're gonna have to have wisdom into what's really important and what isn't you know there's years that I brought cupcakes for my daughter at school and there's years that I didn't at all because I just didn't have time and it was just, you know, crazy schedules and things were more important for what I was doing for a bigger purpose, mm -hmm. okay? So you have to use that wisdom into what's really important for your kids and what really matters and not try to always be this perfect mompreneur that, you know, does everything and then some because... You have to remember that a lot of women that you go to school with, that you see in school, that's their main focus is just to be all about the kids. They're not, they don't have this mission. They don't have this assignment from God to do more, mm. to help other human beings to do more. And so if your voice is, for example, to help other women that are going through difficult times or, you know, maybe it's to fight abuse or fight this or fight that. Like there's always, you know, ways that kingdom women are so uh, smart about trying to help and add value to others. Well, you're working for a bigger cause, right? Mm. So does it really matter if you bought the cupcakes and didn't bake them yourself? Or does <laughs> it really matter if you just didn't bring cupcakes, but you're going to throw a nice party when it's more convenient 
for your family. You, you know, go. like there has to be a balance and a judgment where uh, a, a sound judgment where you say to yourself, I'm using wisdom. This matters. This doesn't. Yeah. You know, and always keep the cause and what God has put in your heart as a purpose to, to be fulfilled and bless your family in the process. That was amazing. I mean, and, and I, I want to end on a just one thing I want to say uh, to all the moms out there who are mompreneurs, who are kingdompreneurs. Uh, God bless you. You do a heck of a lot. As the passage we read today. For other women and your family. Yeah, and for, for, for advancing God's kingdom and blessing other people in the process. Yes. And God bless you abundantly. We are very, very thankful, first of all, that you're listening to us, taking the time to listen to us, because we know time is a, a limited availability to uh, kingdompreneurs. But uh, we are also so very thankful for what you do every day, taking care of tomorrow's generation and at the same time, adding value to today's generation. This is just amazing. Absolutely. So happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Be Day. Be abundantly blessed. And may you thrive on and be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.